You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Potato Files here on Never Sleeps Network. I uh, I'm here with a uh, my guest this week is just celebrating. 15 years in Canadian stand-up comedy, and if you've never heard of him, it's because he's a Canadian stand-up comic. <laughs> Put your hands together for my guest this week, Mr. Dan Guyry. Hi, thanks for having Hello, me Hello, Daniel. How are you? How I'm are awesome. you? I'm you feeling stoked. good? I'm stoked to be here at the Potato Files. Yeah, well, welcome to Never Sleeps Network. I gotta say that like four times to uh, get paid, you know? You get paid for this shit? No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's no money in this. We do this for the love. <laughs> We do this. We love it, right, Alex? This is why we're doing it. We would also love to get paid for it. <laughs> Any sponsors out there willing to uh, sponsor the Potato Files? I'm thinking Lay's. Wait a second. You're not getting a Frito sponsorship Lays. from Best of Friends. Uh, that is actually another podcast here oh, on sorry, the Never Sleeps Network. Oh yeah, we have um, we have several several oh, cool. podcasts here on Never Sleeps. Yeah, that's so cool. Wow. I, I, I'm sure you've heard of them all. You oh yeah, them I all, them. subscribe I to them, them, them all. Tell all your friends. I about actually them all. listen to every single one of them. <laughs> Especially the potato files. You do listen? Oh, yeah, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised. Some people are like, I listen. I'm like, weird, weird. But hey, thank you. I appreciate it. It's them I, and uh, Tim Golden out there. He's hey. always listening. That's good. I haven't given Timmy a shout out in a few weeks. Love Tim Golden. What a champ. That guy's the best, man. Mm-hmm. He's the best. Real beaut. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, what's going on, Danny? I don't know. Just living life. 15-year anniversary show. 15-year anniversary show, which yeah. happened this past Friday. Yeah, last Friday. It was just great. I'm still coming down off You're of still it. Still coming so, down off so it. <laughs> awesome. I can't believe what happened. I almost destroyed my marriage. <laughs> For those listening at home, I, uh, I told Dan we couldn't promote his show coming up this Friday because <laughs> the podcast isn't coming out till the following Monday. Yeah, but, well. but hey, let's act like it was the greatest show oh, of your life. Oh, so good. I got four blowjobs <laughs> on stage. <laughs> you know, just doing my normal act. <laughs> Um, what is it? The Grand Theater? The Grand Girard Theater. Grand yeah. Girard Theater. Yeah. Right? 15 years. How do you feel after 15 years? Tired. Tired? I'm tired. No, it's great, man. It's fun. I, I feel better about stand-up. It's not so all-consuming. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're starting out, you just say, uh, well, this could be a joke. And then you like, uh, you know, you go ruin your relationship with your mother for the rest of her life. <laughs> and then you're like, well, that was a great bit. <laughs> and, how, how is your relationship with your mother? Well, she's dead now, so it's fine. Oh, okay. No, it's well, good. Then, uh, she, she, she's, she, she's not pissed off at the joke anymore. No, she was always a pretty big supporter. That's but. good. My mom's a big supporter. Well, yeah, she's a big fan of mine. My mom's a big fan of yours, probably. No, your she, mom's a big she fan. She Dan Guyry. I used to, I used to do a good Dan Guyry. I don't know how. A he lot did. of people have a good Dan Guyry impression. There's this uh, guy Julian at the uh, at the uh, Corner Comedy Club where I play, and he's got a great Dan Guyry. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, my uh, my my wife uh, used to like me when I would uh, I would break out the Guyry in bed sometimes. Oh no, like, flip over. <laughs> Please, for God's sake. <laughs> These sheets got static cling. Oh, oh, God. Why now? Bring up my worst bit. My best bit. Worst bit. The best. What, did static cling bit ever work? Do you want to talk about static I cling? I would like to talk about it because um, I think that was when you uh, you exited Yuck Yucks after that well, there was horrific, a lot of that. There was horrific a lot. bomb. Horrific bomb, yeah. <laughs> On showcase night. Well, it was funny. Um, static cling came to me that, like, earlier that month, that season. <laughs> Showcase season was coming up. Statically, I'm like, oh, man, they want... Like, I've done all my dirty shit for all of the festivals. I've done everything I do. I've killed. I've done okay. You know, I've done what I do. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know what? Why don't I just write the cleanest joke of all time? <laughs> so I write this joke. It's a seven-minute epic joke about uh, static cling. And if you don't know what static cling is, then uh, your mom still does your laundry. <laughs> but uh, static cling is when you forget those dryer tissue thingamabobs. So I've written this whole uh, this whole conspiracy theory about this stuff. And let me tell you, for the first three weeks of running that joke, it was bulletproof. I had never written a joke that was funnier. I had people <laughs> falling out of the chairs, hanging off the rafters, and being like, I can't believe you're still talking about static clay. And I'm like, let me tell you about static clay. And the thing would go on, and it would just keep going and going. So funny. Uh, for those of you at home, uh, uh, Dan's uh, act out just uh, sent his sunglasses flying off so, his head. <laughs> anyway, uh, now we're... Um, 
actually a week before showcase, I'm doing yucks sold out night, Friday night, late show. And who would soon become my wife shows up and sees me do static cling. And it just annihilates. It's never been funnier. It's the funniest thing I've ever performed ever. And I'm like, man, what the fuck was I doing talking about cocks and pussy and, and coming in pussy? I should have been talking about laundry. I should have been talking about menial chores that we all do, that we can relate on. And so I, I do this bit. It just murders. And my wife comes. My, my Now, I had not really known her, but we meet upstairs outside of the green room. And she's like, that was the funniest shit I've ever heard in my life. And, uh, you know, instant connection. And later she would become my wife. And she thought that was my brand of comedy, which she would <laughs> soon be sorely disappointed. Mom, you've got to meet my new boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to come see his stand-up. It's so wholesome. You know, so, uh, so I'm like, going into showcase night, I'm just thinking, shit, man, uh, what do I do here? You know, should I do the new thing? Show them something they've never seen before? Or should I just go back to the tried and true well fucked man stuff <laughs> and so i do uh static cling and you know this feeling i'm sure where you write a bit and it kills for the first little bit and then all of a sudden you're like oh god well that <laughs> happens that night on stage <laughs> in front of everybody and they put me last at the end of everything because like every because when they book the show they're like well we can't have everybody follow dan guyry's gonna be talking about jizzing in people's assholes <laughs> You know, nobody wants to follow that. Was I hosting that show or just... I don't know. Somebody... I, I try and block that memory. <laughs> but yeah, so I go do the, the show, and about five minutes into the bit, it just starts... I start questioning it, and I'm like... And then I'm, I remember I'm on stage, and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? And I think I had to follow Hunter, who just fucking murders. And then I'm just like, oh, God. Well, I... And then I remember I, I ended this set with, well, that's the end of my career. And that was like three or four years... Probably four years ago. And um, the, the, none of the festivals will see me anymore. Because I did my static claim well, you joke. Just, you send them tapes directly. Oh, shit. I don't, I don't Gorilla do style. I don't boom, care. boom. I mean, I, I've sort of like... I've sort of admitted to myself that I'm not going to be the festival guy. Yeah, and you're fine with that? You don't give a shit? Not really. I mean, I don't really care. It's like, what is it? You make a couple hundred bucks? Yeah, no, it's it's funny because like, you see these festival lineups and you're like, why are these people going to this festival? But then you think about it and you're like, oh, this is the only time these people are going to make money doing stand-up comedy. Whereas well, I'm, I'm a working comic. I'm making money and working this yeah. every weekend. At this point right now, since I've left Yuck Yucks, and God love them, I miss I miss doing a lot of the shows. I miss a lot of the people. Um, but now when I go out to do shows, like I have my Dan Guyry show. It's just Dan Guyry. And, mm -hmm. and if you come to it, you're expecting Dan Guyry. Yeah. And when people book me on shows, I'm getting paid well. And they're expecting all this crazy shit that I want to talk about. <laughs> so um, it's nice. That's that I'm why not... we have you here. Yeah. Talk about crazy shit. <laughs> like static cling. Yeah. <laughs> well, so yeah, now I'm not just being shotgunned into a show with like, uh, you know, uh, Heidi Foss. <laughs> which is like, <laughs> why in God's name would I be opening for Heidi yeah, Foss? Yeah, yeah. I love Heidi Foss, but her, <laughs> she's a draw. She's a big wig. And then all these people are coming out to see Heidi Foss, and I'm out there talking about, you know, crushing puss. <laughs> <laughs> that actually happened? With Heidi Foss? Yeah. Hey, and Heidi and I would say we're friendly enough. Sure, like sure, we'd sure. hang out in a park in Montreal and, you know, shoot the shit. But then I would be opening for her, and people in the audience were like, what the fuck is this misogynistic piece of shit doing opening for my hero, Heidi Foss? And it's like, I'm feeling the same way, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but if you keep talking like that during my show, I'm going to fuck you in the mouth. Is it your misogyny joke that uh, what it sounds like? Oh, yeah. I, I've been doing it probably fucking eight years. It's so stupid. It's fucking hilarious. Give, <laughs> well, but it's like... Give it to my audience. It's Come the on. end of, like, I do a whole rant about feminism and then I end it with, uh, you know, and how come the question, uh, the word misogynistic sounds so much like misogynist dick? <laughs> you ever think about that, huh? You didn't think about that, you little femtard, did you? Write that in your little blog. I like that. We, we got Dan Guyry. That's what we asked for. This well, is, uh, did the voice and funny. everything. Yeah, well, you know. I've actually only seen you perform a couple times at the corner or uh, Joey's, but... Uh, oh, yeah. 
I would love to know more about what's going on at the new Dan Guyry show. Like, what, what's it? You, you, you dropped the danger room. I did drop the danger room. It was getting too dangerous. <laughs> and then also, there was all this, like, the reason we started the danger room. or I, The danger room, for my listeners, is a, uh, a heckle show where the audience is encouraged to heckle the comics. And uh, Guyry and his little partner, Morgan, were in the back of the room, both with microphones, also heckling the comics. Oh, it yeah. was uh, quite the gong show. It was pretty amazing. Every and Sunday. And highlight. And it's... <laughs> In its heyday, it was great. Um, but there was such a vacuum with all these safe space shows and uh, the PC culture going crazy that it was like, well, where, where's the antithesis to this? Where can somebody go just say whatever the fuck they want? Everybody's mm-hmm. like, you can't say a rape joke. And and that turned into you can't tr- you know try and bang a chick in the audience while you're on stage. And it's like, <laughs> well, why am I doing this? <laughs> and, like, I don't know why I got into comedy if I can't be trying to, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, pick yeah. up chicks. Yeah, or that was like that. that's the whole point of, you know, hey, I'm gonna go do this thing on stage and hopefully it impresses you enough that you'll fuck me later. I thought that's what the deal was. Yeah, it was the deal. Well, it was, but then something's like it's an art form. Now, <laughs> now all of a sudden we got Sandra Badalini petitioning the fucking government to try and make an art. Go fuck yourself. I'm trying to jizz in my pants while some chick tries to fuck me behind my wife's back. You fucking cunt. What the fuck are you talking about? Fucking art form. Uh, <laughs> we uh, we do not uh, share the opinions. Um, <laughs> Wait a second. No. <laughs> is, there a freaking, is there a language restriction on here? No, no. I just, I just okay. think you called Badalini a cunt at one point. Oh, anyway, <laughs> I, I didn't mean it like that. I love Sandra Bats, and I do think it's an art form, but I, I think we've gone too far. I guess is what I'm saying. No, hey, if she wants to get us money, then... I, uh, she's got my full. Nah, I don't, I don't buy it. I think uh, part of the reason why Canadian comics are so prolific is that they have to do it on their own and produce it themselves. And I think when the government mandates money to grants, it's always going out to some freaking guy uh, dancing around in leotards in the center of freaking Young and Dundas. <laughs> and you know what? If government-funded government um, comedy, like we know what that is. It's CBC. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, that exists. So, you know, whatever. I mean, I'd love to get a travel grant. But I could probably you could probably find a way to do that. I don't like know. I, I don't I, I it's too much paperwork for me to look into all this shit. You know what else you could do? You could go sell out shows, and then you get like a bunch of money, yeah. and then uh, and then you just pay for your travel, and then, you, <laughs> and then you go pay your taxes. You know, you could do that too. Do you do much road work anymore? Uh, ever since um, you know, I, I just had a kid and yeah. I'm married, and I'm really focusing on just uh, actually. Having a life, you know, I, I toured the country nine times coast to coast with yucks and did probably spent like three months on the road for a good six or seven years. It destroyed so many relationships in terms of just having to go and start over again yeah, yeah. that uh, there's a bit of arrested development there. And well, it's a weird thing. Like now with a uh, wife and kid, it's it's your you can't be fucking taken off for a month, you know, well, or you nor can, do I just want don't. to. Yeah. Um, my wife's always like, why don't you tour? And I was like, because I like you. <laughs> I like hanging out with you. you know, believe it or not. And then she asks again, yeah, why don't you tour? Why don't you go tour, Guy <laughs> yeah. like, Did you just call me Guy <laughs> Um, Did you name your child Guy or is it? Yeah, his last name is Guy Yeah, Is he a girl or a boy? I'm going to I'm gonna find him. I'm it's a boy. I'm going to find him. Does he already have a Facebook profile? We're not going to talk about my kid, okay? Let's just move around. Okay, okay, okay. He's great. He's great. He's awesome. Everything's great about being a dad, but I'm not, you know. All right, man. You're come. I don't know life. who listens to your podcast. You're come made life, okay? Yeah, we're well, just curious. It's good. It's good being a dad. It's <laughs> fucking great. I'm not yeah. going to let these fucking internet twerps friggin' stalk my kid, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> what are you Is that to why do? I don't know if it was a boy or a girl? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I'm I not guess. I'm not down with that. I um I had a friend used to just post like like, pretty much body parts. Never a face shot of their kid. What the fuck? And I'm like, I'm piecing this Whoa. fucking kid together, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, but yeah, I, uh, and then, uh, I don't know, some people um, try to use their kids just to get those clicks. Clicks are clicks, right? I don't what understand what the whole click thing is. Yeah. Like, most of the times I get a lot of clicks, everybody's mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> You're very outspoken. I just have an opinion that doesn't placate to whatever freaking thing that you're trying to say so you can look good. You know, it's like yeah, I actually sort of think about the the thing and then I say my opinion whether or not it's like uh, it makes me endearing to the people that, you know. Did you uh, jump on the uh, here's my Don Cherry opinion today? Ah, uh, sort of. Uh, you know, I mean. I couldn't give two fucking shit. That's the one thing is I couldn't give a shit about like – 
I just don't think you should fire the man. Like, I mean, you maybe let him run out his his contract and then just be well, like, it was all right, very Griggs. odd. Like what he said, like watching it over because he doesn't single anyone out. Like he's just pretty much saying like when he said you people, he just meant everybody, everybody. But it's like you people is. is but he was as, po- it was he's directing it at immigrants because he was like, you come here, you want our country. And I, I think you, I think there's a bit of projection on that uh, from the the listener in that. You know, you talk to 15 people, they all have a different way in in which he's being hateful. Mm-hmm. And it all ends up being, he's an old white dude and go fuck the old whitey. Which is in itself a bit racist. And then you want a goon, a guy who played four NHL games only to go beat the shit out of fucking little, you know, uh, ballerina hockey players. Like, <laughs> that's all his job was to go, oh, that guy is skates fancy. Let's go break his kneecap. He's freaking <laughs> Tanya Harding of uh, NHL. And then you want this f- fucking goon to, to, you know, hold your your uh, moral authority. He's 85. Like, mm-hmm. he's seen four wars. You know, I've, I've seen a couple wars in my life. I know people who've died in the war, and I think we should probably support our troops. I also think immigrants are great, you know? Like, go ahead, immigrate. Like... Mm-hmm. Like, well, that's the whole thing too, and he wasn't—he wasn't speaking against immigration. He no, was but just like if you come here, maybe you should—you know—that guy whose dick got blown off by an <laughs> IUD last week. Maybe we should give him twenty-five fucking cents and wear a fucking poppy, <laughs> so he can go to—you know—like what's the problem here? He's an eighty-five-year-old man. Leave the dude alone. I don't think it's—I don't know. I, I don't think age comes into a factor. He is, thing is, it's not the worst thing he said, but it was—it no. was. It was <laughs> It was they're finally we're finally at a point in our society where um, you can get rid of somebody for something they said. Well, and so I think they that's... jumped on that because, like, he should have like by these standards he should have been fired decades ago. Yeah. Um. So it's like, uh, okay, we finally have something we can just oust this old fucking man for. Well, yeah, and it, it speaks volumes to the current climate we're in. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you're not a big fan of the old cancel culture, are you? No. Not at all. I think anybody should be able to say whatever they want. I think that was the whole idea of the internet. But now we just got a bunch of whiny losers who stay at home complaining about people who have jobs. But what is the line, though? Like, you say there should be no line? Like, you can't go online and fucking drop a hundred N-bombs and uh, tell immigrants to fucking go home. Like, there's got to be a line somewhere. You can't say anything. I mean... Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm not the guy for that. Gary's got a message for all you immigrants. <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, I'm native, so most immigrants didn't treat us very well. Do you, but, think, do you think old grapes would be mad at the uh, natives if they weren't wearing their poppies? <laughs> I don't think grapes gives a shit. <laughs> I, think, I, I don't know. I, at the end of the day, I don't really... I don't care. I think the cancel culture is ridiculous. I think... People who think it's good that an old man lost his job. Well, I think it, like is, you're what kind pisses, of missing the point. What pisses me off about it, I don't I couldn't give two fucks about Don Cherry. I don't care that he's yeah. not going to be on TV anymore. Um, but it's like people like fucking Ron McLean who are sitting beside him, like nodding while he's saying these things, and yeah. then he's like, "Oh, everyone's mad." So uh, I'm I'm sorry I didn't say something <laughs> about his rude comments when like in the moment like no you were fucking nodding your head going yeah yeah they should fucking do it but that's what he's been doing for sixty years or whatever like <laughs> I, he's basically just been a bobblehead for some crazy guy to mm-hmm. rant about you know junior kids hockey dudes checking <laughs> each other in the face yeah I don't I don't know man it's hockey man so um what are your feelings on our uh, recent uh, visitor uh, from uh, America Louis C K Oh, yeah, that was a great show, man. Did, did you go see one? Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I saw two, and they were fabulous, fabulous very comedy funny. shows. I mean, you could tell he was a bit rusty, but um, it was still very funny. And Kira was at all eight shows, and she said it just tightened. Oh, yeah, for sure, like, because he's been forcibly taking a year off, mm-hmm. and and then anybody's going to get rusty. You have to take a Tuesday off. You're, uh, <laughs> you're, you get a little bit of rust, and you're like, ugh. Yeah, no, I, when I get back from, like, a... Maybe the static stre- cling bit will be good. <laughs> I get back from a stretch at the cottage. I'm like, I don't know. Like, if I'm going away, mm-hmm. uh, like, me and Carol, we'll, we do, like, two weeks up north each, uh, each yeah. summer. And the week I come back, I'm stacked with open mics yeah. for the whole week, just so I'm not fucking going into a Friday show going, oh, what the fuck was that punchline again? Sure. 
Yeah, you gotta you gotta be out there. You gotta flex well, that muscle. Yeah, and he's also got to come out and write all this new material. So you're watching new material from a from a guy, but it's like pretty well muscle memory. He was just it was really funny. It was a clinic. Mm-hmm. The openers were amazing. Shannon Laverty did a great job, and I mean, again, I. I still, and I've said this from the day one, and I've been canceled tw- ten years ago for saying this when the rumors, when I first heard the rumors. I don't understand what the problem is. <laughs> I really don't. Understand. You go to a hotel room after a show, so it, you're admitting it's like one o'clock in the morning. You've had a couple drinks, and you don't expect to see a dick. I mean, I've gone to my buddy's <laughs> hotel room. He's shown me his fucking mangina. You go on the road with Rouse, you're probably going to get pooed on at some point. What fucking industry do we live in here? And again, we, we you know, we just sort of got over this. It's like, I got into this business to get some fucking pussy. Mm-hmm. It's not like they pay you. <laughs> you get paid in the pussy. You get paid in drugs and pussy. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know. How's I don't you, really understand. How's your drug use? It's gone down considerably. Since the kid? Oh, yeah. They still like to have yeah. a good time every now and again. I mean, you know, I'm not not a fucking square. You know, I think. Uh, <clears throat> sorry to get spiritual on you, but I think um, <laughs> um, the Please get spiritual. The child chooses you, and they want to join your life. And so, people who change their life end up resenting their child, and it's not fair on the kid. You know, I mean, any sort of substance abuse i've curtailed is only to make my life better you know because i have to wake up with this fucking screaming animal and then uh, i want i don't want to like be mad at him for no reason so but, but you don't want to do a line of coke off his forehead it smells good buddy it smells good no i mean uh, that's no i mean that's never been a problem for me the, the cocaine but um uh, well, what are your drugs of choice? Just uh... you know, psychobolic mushrooms. You don't want to be doing mushrooms with a goddamn child. Yeah, They're yeah. They're fucking buzzkill, bro. How, much, how often do you do mushrooms? Not as like again. It's like maybe once or twice a year. Yeah, it's, it's drops. But some it's acid. so it's so fun when you do it. Yeah, it's great. So fun. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> it's all very fun. It'd be weird to hold a child high on shrooms, though. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to do that. Um, but I, I have held a child and put him to sleep in my arms. And then I, I got a rush of basically MDMA by doing that. Um, <laughs> there's different drugs that open up. Like Salvador Dali said, uh, I don't do drugs. I am drugs. And um, like your brain produces a, a DMT. You know, uh, you have access to all the feelings the drugs make you feel. You just release them. It's like the drug's like, well, now we're going to uninhibit this one neural pathway and release that hormone or that serotonin. If you were to meditate or do something, I, you I'd could love to release see just that like shit. A circle of you and your buddies. You you rock the kid to sleep. You get this fucking rush of high, and then yeah. you wake the kid up and pass him over to your buddy. Give <laughs> 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 him a little shake. Pass him along the line. <laughs> you gotta try this baby out, man. <laughs> no, but it's it's true. It's uh, uh like all the chemicals that you can do to alter your your uh, existence. You you create really so i gotta i'm gonna think real hard i mean maybe lsd is not (laughs) but again lsd only opens up your your uh vision or your hearing i've been thinking about trying acid again i haven't done it since high school buddy and i did a lot in high school buddy it's uh it's quite a trip yeah i know i remember i used to have a good time it's a good time um, I, I, I like mushrooms though. It's, uh, it's, I like acid better than mushrooms. I feel mushrooms are a little too chaotic. Whereas, um, mush or acid is a little bit more like, I know where we're going here. I like, uh, I like the chaos sometimes. Mm. Like when I, uh, I don't know, last, like every time I do mushrooms, guys are like, well, let's do a gram now and then we'll do a gram and an hour. I'm like, no, let's eat three grams right yeah, there now and see that's what right fucking way. happens. Yeah, that's the way to do and it. And nobody wants to party like that. Yeah. But I, I love like the, like when shit's just fucking. <clears throat> I think the last time I did mushrooms must have been like four or five years ago. Or no, it was at Puff Jam. What am I talking about? Ah. But there was so much drugs that night. Drugs. But you never got into the cocaine? No, not really. No. No. I mean, I smelt it, but... I smelt it a few times. <laughs> yeah. the, the, cor- a, the corner's pretty famous for the uh, cha-cha, eh? A lot of... Um, I don't know. guys having a good time in there. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's certain people who definitely uh, have their, their vices, mm-hmm. but um, I don't know. I've never really... It's never, never been my jam. Because I've noticed, I, like, people who do cocaine is like, oh, you're just acting like me. 
normally. <laughs> and that gets me into trouble anyway. So if I were to do it, now I'd just be extra guyry? This, this is a problem, all right? I'm, I smoke weed to be less Dan Guyry. You know, like, people can palate me better when I'm high because I'm not, like, screaming, whatever. You a daily smoker? No, not anymore, man. It's like... It's all kid. All kid all the time. No, but it's like... It's not a bad thing. It's a... I don't want to. It's like... Mm-hmm. O'Gorman shows up to the corner one night, and he's like, Guy, we got all these mushrooms. We got to do them, man. I haven't seen you in like a year. We got to go party. And I'm like, O'Gorman, I love you. I want to go party, but I can't do mushrooms. And he just... You see his heart break. It's like in that that Simpsons episode when like yeah, uh, yeah. when she rips up... You can up. see the exact moment. Yeah, you can see the exact moment. And his heart just breaks, and he's like looking at me, because we go way back. And he's like... Um, and I'm just like, dude, I don't need to do mushrooms. Like I got, like, I don't, you know, there's Mm -hmm. there's something about like touring. It's so lonely. You kind of need this, like, you need to do drugs is sort of like a self-medication. And if, um, I don't know, it's just been like, I never, um, I never really fucking, I've never done shrooms on the road. Um, but every time I, every time I fly somewhere, I'm like, I got to get weed everywhere I go. I'm, I'm, a, sure. I'm very much uh, into smoking weed every day. When I go on the road, I for sure want to do extra drugs. But yeah, like, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be in Calgary and doing mushrooms because I'm not in a uh, controlled you know, space, you know? Yeah. Well, I think, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just something You about... know what I am? I'm, my next mushroom trip, though. You ever been to the float spa? No. Um, it's, it's like, like a float tank. Yeah, like the sleep deprivation. Or oh not. yeah, the, the sensory deprivation. Sen- sensory deprivation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kira mm. bought me a couple passes. Oh cool. Um, and I went. I did one, and I ate an edible. Mm. And uh, it was like an hour long. And I remember it ended, and I was like, I'd like to try this on mushrooms. Wow. Um, but if you book this place, I go to. If you book the last session of the night, they give you the, a second hour for free. So I'm gonna oh. eat some mushrooms and just go float in this water for two hours just stoned out of i don't know if i mind. could do that it sounds terrifying to me well it's like um it's not like it's not like a coffin that you close the lid it's like a room you walk in oh um oh so you can like stand up you at can any stand time. up at any oh, point okay um, cool. but even the other ones that you close down you can open those at any time buddy it just sounds terrifying to me. yeah it's yeah just... that's uh that's what i like i like uh, you like this fear i like to get a little fucking like Weeping. when i do shrooms and stuff i want a fucking i want chaos i want a little fucking I don't know because I'm always I can always tell myself that it's the drugs and I don't like I don't let myself lose my mind. Right. I'm like this this is drugs and it's doing what it's supposed to do. Oh, buddy, man, mushrooms to me are terrifying. So many existential mind trips. No, not me. I just laugh like a motherfucker, man. Well, well, you must have a very good life. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I might have a very cushy life. I'm not complaining. We're doing all right. (laughs) Doing all right. I have a dog now. She brings me much joy. Do you, well, that's the thing. You, you got a dog. I bet you you do a little less destructive drug use. No, I um, I my dog reacts to my grinder clanking together because she knows it's time for a walk. Well, you, smoking a joint is not. Well, yeah. Like, like I mean, like going out getting fucking plastered. You know, you got the dog. You got to look after it. And then also, you come home every time you come home. There's just something a happy to beautiful see. Beautiful little creature loves to see you, and then you get then you got your dog. <laughs> talking about my wife we, we uh who did, uh, oh tim golden was uh he was trying not to uh check out my wife's tits the other night because, it's a hard feat to do because last week's podcast with uh brett forte uh we t- spent a good five minutes on how perfect my wife's tits were great great rap <laughs> tim golden just looking over he's like he's like i i, I Kind of wondering what's under there. <laughs> it's kind of hard to you know keep it professional. That's another reason I I left. Yuck, left yeah, because just, of my wife's tits. Yeah, every time I go in there, it's like, can I get some? Uh, can I get some milk? I want some. I need a road work. I need road work. Give me the milk. Give me the cookies. <laughs> no. no, come on. <laughs> oh, they're fun. They're fun. Yeah. Well, you're you're a lucky guy, man. You mm-hmm. used to think mm-hmm. I had a problem with you because you thought I thought you were moving in on my girl. No. You so hey man. I'm I just not, had. I'm not trying to. Not trying to get your girl. I'm like I'm not. I think you had a that. problem with me because of your stern brow. My stern brow. Yeah, you got a, my face. You got an anger face. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'd, uh, I'm a neurotic mess, yeah, especially yeah. back then. Especially. Yeah, you were you were you were quite odd. I always I'm like I'm not trying to steal your girl. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jeff, I'm not trying to steal your girl. <laughs> we should have a sleepover. Well, come on by. Right. Come on by. 
I remember um, she she brought you home one day when you lived in the neighborhood. Uh huh. Well, we were neighbors. Yeah, you were, you were right around the corner, and she saw you guys ran into each other on the street, and then she brought you into the Andrew Bar. Mm hmm. You woke me up, and I you were very that. upset. That was probably where that came from. Right? <laughs> I like show up, and you're like, "Gyrie, what are you doing?" There? <laughs> I was this a dream. I just got woken up. I'm like, I, "This is nap time." <laughs> Gyrie's not supposed to show up during nap time. <laughs> you were very upset about that. I remember I, told, I go, "I go, don't ever bring Gyrie over while I'm sleeping." <laughs> I think you said that in front of my face, so you know you can excuse me. Uh, but in her defense, she didn't know I was sleeping. Well, fair enough. Well, yeah, so, and we were neighbors for a good long time. Yeah, it? you lived uh, in the Whitaker house. Yeah, the Pirates Cove it's is been, what we uh, call it. It's been a discussion on this podcast a few times. Oh, uh, yeah. That house and the Tecumseh house. Sure. So, um, who was Armando? Who the hell was here talking about Armando? <laughs> who was talking about the the Whitaker house last in here? I don't know. Maybe Paul Thompson. Oh yeah, you lived there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a couple people. Pat Bircher. Bircher, well, that was the Whitaker Bircher, house. Uh, Bircher lived on Tecumseh. Yeah, he used and he he ate it. I I'd put his I put his address all over the internet. He's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like oh, quit putting my address so on the good. internet. I go, I'm pretty sure everyone's address is on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, good old fucking yeah, Armando's place, eh? His, yeah, his kids just came and cashed out. Well, it was expected. Mm-hmm. We tried to buy that place off him. I tried to get uh, backers to buy the place off him because he was willing to sell for five seventy five. Okay, and it's probably worth one point two. Well, the uh, the Tecumseh house sold for about a mil. Yeah, and, it, and so it... I was uh, I was trying to find backers at the time, but. Uh... Wow, really? Yeah, because uh, you it's know a good it's investment. a good investment. I'm looking at land but right then now. He, then house. he died. Yeah. What are you going to do? Who was one of your backers? Richard Lett? He was in there for a bit, eh? <laughs> wow, so really? just going over all of my mistakes on the <laughs> no, potato. No, I need to hear that. The potatoes have hey, eyes. Tell, tell us about living with yes, Richard Lett. Please. I just saw him perform for the oh, first Jesus. time in Vancouver. Um, Yeah, Richard Lett. He's a, he's a, old, he's a legend. Legend. <laughs> when, when, Optimus Rhyme. Optimus Rhyme. A, a slam poet champion, actually, <laughs> if you knew that. Take well, Richard and I used to uh, no. tour together a lot because nobody else would, and I was <laughs> eager. I was 19 when I started, so mm-hmm. um, you know I got put on the road with a lot of uh, people. Yeah, I, I I've had to do a few gigs with Let, and I don't think he's ever given me any gas money. And that was a big complaint <laughs> with most comics. Try having to pay for the gas when you live with them. Uh, <laughs> uh, that was a, you know, you know what? I mean, everybody deserves a second chance, and I hope I earned mine. You did. You're here, aren't you? Well, yeah. <laughs> I um, you made it to Never Sleeps Network. That's like four times. I think I've, uh, I've, I've fulfilled my shit out of it. Fulfilled my contractual <laughs> obligation. Gotta talk to me undies. <laughs> uh, you wear me undies? <laughs> yeah, they're delish, buddy. I got me undies. Yeah, man. Fart City over here, bud. <laughs> um, yeah, Kira signed me up for uh, underwear of the month. You ever see that ad on Wish where the gas comes out of the the panties and the underpants there? What the fuck is that all about? Oh, the uh, the the pants to catch farts or whatever. I guess so. I don't I don't know. It's like aims your fart in the right direction. Underpants. I saw, I saw one that it was a uh, it was a like a portable urinal. Here's the thing with Richard. I uh, <laughs> toured with him for a long time, and he was uh, at the time when uh, I was moving out here. He was just getting sober and just got out of rehab. And I have a lot of people in my life who had uh, gotten sober. And a lot of people I care about who have gotten sober. And I realized a very tough uh, transition. And I was willing to live with him knowing that I would have to be sober for a bit and give him the support he needed. And otherwise, he would just fall off the wagon and die. Mm -hmm. And I sort of felt like, why not? I don't know anybody here. So we moved here. I found us a place. We lived together. And then I started hearing all of the shit. (laughs) <laughs> that Richard has ever done. And I feel like I became sort of like, like I condone that just because I f- lived with the man. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of stuff that you did where I'm like, I just can't condone that. <laughs> um, and then after I lived with him for a while, I was just like, well, that's enough. That's enough. And then he ended up moving into, because you didn't move right into Whitaker House, did you? Well, we, we lived on a, we lived in Kensington Market for about a year. 
And then I was moving out and I said, you're not coming. And then the move out day, he hadn't found a place to live. And my drummer from a band I was playing in, I was playing in a reggae band and he and I were going to move into the Whitaker house and turn it into a fucking party zone. And then the day that we were going to move in, our lead singer bailed the day of and we're just like, what the fuck? And then Richard's like, well, I don't have a place to live. Do you want to? I was like, well, no, no, I don't. And then he moves in there and now we're stuck together for another six months or like whatever it had been. And it was um, grueling to say that. I remember at one point we had this house party and the entire house was just filled with uh, with uh, black people because we played in a reggae band and the place was just filled with black people like this it was, and it was such a culture shock for me because I'm from Calgary and uh, you know I maybe met like three black people in my life at this point but anyway everybody's like hooting and hollering and like at one point somebody walks into the washroom while this girl's taking a piss and she's just like ah! Ah! And she starts screaming and running around the uh, the house telling everybody that somebody walked in on her while she's pissed. And, and it's going on way too long. And I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. It was a, you know, it was a mistake. Just calm her down. Like, uh, I mean, lock the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we're all adults. We've <coughs> so used the washroom before. The house is full. And then Richard comes in. And I just remember him walking in. And you see this, like, look of fear in his face. And he towers above everybody because he's so tall. And I was just like. I just, this one memory of Richard I will always remember. All right. R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wish him the best, but he also, uh, he also, at one point, because when we moved into the Whitaker house, I'm like, dude, we're just going to have liquor here. Because in the last place, I was like, we're not going to have liquor here. Mm-hmm. Be, so that, you know, help with your sobriety or whatever. And then when we move into the Whitaker place, I'm like, fine, you can live with us, but we're going to have liquor here. Just fucking deal with it. So... At one point, somebody gives me a two-six of Jack Daniels. And I don't even really drink Jack Daniels. I think it's fucking trash, by the way. It's fucking garbage. And so I'm just like, whatever. I'm leaving this in the fridge. And I remember I come home one day, and he's put it upside down in the sink. Still lit on, but like, and I'm just like, what's going on? He's like, well, that stuff's poison to me. That stuff's poison to me. I was like, well, yeah, but great. But, you know, maybe you should be a grown-up. And then um, he starts buying margarine and mixing peanut butter in with the margarine. And I'm, like, actually allergic to peanut butter. And our other roommate is just like, hey, who keeps mixing the peanut butter in the margarine? This is ingenious. Ingenious. (laughs) And she's just, like, eating all this peanut butter and margarine sandwiches. She's like, this is the best. Great idea. And I'm like, "Um, that's too good. who's mixing peanut butter into the margarine and then richard's like well you're gonna keep poison in the house for me i figure i may as well keep poison in the house for you i'm He's like just Dude, doing it out of spite you could literally kill me <laughs> meanwhile i don't eat fucking ma- margarine because i like i'm a chef and that's psychotic to eat margarine anyway what the fuck is wrong to use some butter use some olive oil or whatever what you're a fucking pleb. We, have, we have vegan margarine in my home i don't even want to get into that but <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I remember that was like one of the last straws where it's just like, dude, that could actually kill me. Whereas if, you know, you, you can choose not to open a bottle of booze. Yeah. And you can also choose not to live with people who don't want to live with you <laughs> and be a grown up and find your own place. When did you move out here? 2010. Okay. Yeah. And how? I was like 24 years old. So how long did you live in that Whitaker house? Ooh, a while. Probably. A while? I have no idea. That whole thing is a blur. Did you bring your now wife there? Yeah. Yeah, she she was she was okay with that. No, she made me come to her place. <laughs> <laughs> Jared Campbell, when he was living in the living room over at Ninety to come see uh, his yeah. his current girlfriend, um, she never stepped foot in the house, and he wouldn't let her. Yeah, he's like, no, 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 we go to your house. <laughs> he's yeah. like, I'm never gonna put you through this. <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. Were you in the house with Garrett Jameson? No, Garrett uh, was there before. I was. And oh. he, then he, uh, um, I think, I, I moved into O'Gorman's room, and then Garrett was living where Richard would end up living. Because I think that's the last guest that was on here that may have talked about that house. Ah, uh, yes, yes. The yes. haunted house. 
I, that would have been so cool having you and Garrett under the same roof. It would have been really fun. I love Garrett. He's one of the funniest comics Say, I've I ever think met. So. Yeah. Garrett was here like last year, by the way, man. Holy it God. was our Halloween episode Come last on. year. Last Come year. Come on! It was a year ago. Fuck. A where, year. Is, where does time go, the guys? Time I don't know. By. But I mean, that I house has really only like been gone for about like what six, seven months now. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Um, it's definitely been in the family of comedians for <laughs> over seventeen. Because <laughs> yeah, I've been here for ten years. Yeah. So I, that's where Do I you remember would... the old keggers. I, I w- you know what? I wasn't really that in the He's invited industry. to very few parties. I yeah, know, so. yeah, that too. I, I, <laughs> I've I, seen I, the decor around here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I remember like Drew was in that hood. Ernie Vicente was always in the hood. Garrett Jameson oh, was always yeah, so, in the yeah. hood. I remember I saw Paul Thompson uh, wheeling a uh, suitcase down the street. And I was like, you gigging? <laughs> he's like, he's like, yeah, yeah, man, I got a flight. I was like, oh, cool. I'll have fun. And he looks at me and goes, it's my fucking laundry. <laughs> Oh man! This is how I bring it to the laundromat. I was like, you know what's so actually fucked? pretty genius? I got laid at that laundromat like three times. At the laundromat? Well, like I would go there, do laundry, <laughs> and then there'd be like some like Queen Street, you know, a babe there, and then we just get talking about like uh, whites or whatever. <laughs> the clothing we're talking about? No, no, the whites. The God love the whites, eh? Uh, <laughs> no. Oh, uh, we'd be, you know, talking about laundry or something. And then next thing you know, it's like, hey, you want to come back to my place, smoke a fucking joint? And, you know. There you go. We got an hour to kill. Okay, you, yeah. Is that downtown living, baby? <laughs> yeah, put an extra quarter in. <laughs> Live it up. Get that shit dry. Let me get you, let me get you a Let's... bounce sheet so you don't get static. <laughs> Let's get that shit dry. <laughs> Listen, why don't you help me put these, uh, fold these sheets, and then we'll go put them on my bed. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's actually not a bad. That's actually a pretty good move. Yeah, yeah it's not pretty a Pretty hard to fold up. a hey, you like sheet. To, you, like to, <laughs> you like to fuck on clean sheets? Or what? Yeah. Well, wait a half an hour. <laughs> Otherwise, we're fucking on the floor. And it's almost, like, think about it, like a bar, you go to a bar because it's almost in your area mm-hmm. to meet people. The laundromat mm-hmm. is gonna be in the neighborhood that's not the word i i've never it, i'll tell you i've this. always had an ensuite it Can wasn't a move it wasn't like it was a move sure it was just a thing that happened and, and i'm looking back in retrospect i'm like hey, you know. there's a there was a um laundromat by uh by, by my place in london when i lived there i didn't uh need to use it but it had a bar attached to it it was a bar laundry man oh yeah that's good <laughs> so so you, I, think I didn't need to use it but i like to uh, no, sniff no. people's panties <laughs> <laughs> no i mean I, I i didn't have to go to the laundromat um because i had a thing in my building but it was like how how much would laundry end up costing in a week like if there's a bar there, that's like a oh okay, yeah, geez. eighty dollar laundry budget. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got a couple hours to kill here. Sure. Um, so what are you East End now? Yeah, Danforth. You like it out there? Oh I, yeah, I miss the old Danny. Yeah, it's good actually. It's a lot calmer. Where whereabouts? Exact address. Kids first name. We're not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know what it's called. You guys have all these fancy names for uh, for uh, like. Wesleyville or whatever, something like that. Oh, uh, Leslieville, and there's Riverdale, Riverside. There's like, there's, I don't know. There's, I don't know. You're out in the east. The east end. Cabbage Town, Leslieville. Yeah, something like that. And you're from the west? Where did you grow up? Calgary? Calgary, yeah. Yeah? What did uh, mom and dad do out there? Uh, my mom was a nurse, and my dad was a, uh, a safety and risk management inspector. Ah, mm-hmm. so it was a nice, uh, nice cozy life then. Everyone's, everyone's got a good job. It was good, yeah. yeah nice. Were, nice. were you right in the city? Uh, yeah. I mean, in Calgary, everything, not really. Like, everything's kind of suburbia out there. Um, the population in Calgary went from, like, 200,000 to a million by the time I left. So, Jesus. it was a big change. When, uh, I, when I lived out there, we were on, like, basically the outskirts of town, and then we we're, like, inner city now. If you're you got siblings? Back. Yeah, I got an older brother and a younger sister. Okay, right in the middle, eh? Yeah. Somebody pay attention to Dan well, Guy. For God's sake, somebody pay attention to me. I'm talking about my dad. <laughs> <laughs> my dinky. Anyone? Um, did, uh, was there any religion in this uh, crazy, wacky household, or what? Actually, yeah. Uh, Vesta friends, Mark Hallworth, and I went to the same church. Really? Come on. Same grade, same church. St. Pius. We went to the same church. Uh, what is that, Catholic? Yeah, Catholic. I was a uh, altar server and a uh, speaker, actually. You were an altar boy? I was an altar boy. Yeah, I was always trying to, like, do good. It was funny as I was... I don't know why. I, I chose to be an altar boy at a because it was a weird time in my life where uh, my 
my cousin had just died in a car accident, mm-hmm. and uh, I was like, I'm sorry, man, ten or eleven. Yeah, I, I got over it. Um, but uh, it was like, I don't know. They they need they needed altar boys. I just wanted. It was like to a volunteer thing because they, they, we used to have to go to. I went to Catholic school, so they used right. we have to go to mass every now and again. Sure. And they made an announcement. They're like, we are looking for uh, new altar boys, and I was like, I want to be an altar boy because I I didn't know what the fuck was going on. People are dying, and uh, yeah, my, my family started going to church after the death. Yeah. And then. Stop going to church about a month after me being an altar boy. I was just an altar kept boy. fucking up the service. Well, they no. Like, they asked just, for the wine. My dad went looking for answers, didn't find them, and then I was stuck being an altar boy. Sure, there's not much answers at church. And it was like my parents wouldn't even come in; they would drop me off. Oh wow! And uh, <laughs> that's recklessly irresponsible. Well, in it was, hindsight. <laughs> they would never. I never. Um, I was never alone with a priest. I was. It was always. Yeah, nothing ever Just happened. Just dropped off for the mass. I always thought that my my church had two priests, and I always figured they were gay. Father Bob and Father Bill, and I think they were bu- they were uh, they're butt buddies. They were, they were buggering each other, <laughs> buggering each other. <laughs> so we were always safe in our church. Um, my priest <laughs> I was served under is currently in prison for touching little kids. Jeez, Louise. Yeah, it's a good thing you're an ugly little kid. <laughs> I was fucking cute, man. <laughs> yeah, you're still cute. Yeah, I'm just fucking with you. Uh, but yeah, the uh, the priest. So the priest I served under, mm-hmm. um, he ended up getting thrown out of the church uh, because they found out he was having an affair with thirteen uh, year old boy. No, one of the mothers from the choir. One of the choir mothers. What's the problem with that? So, yeah, know? they find out he's fucking banging a woman. Um, well, you're not gay enough. You're going yes, to jail. So they send him They, they send him packing. Mm. He ends up marrying the woman. Oh, good for him. Um, Just listen. It's, okay, not a, right. it's not a good ending here. It's not a good ending. <laughs> it's a lot of ups um, and downs here. So culture. then jo- while they're married, uh, she, she has a, a daughter a year younger than me and a son like three or four years younger than me. Oh, wow. Um, and... Uh, while they're married, um, two kids from the seventies came forward, and like accused him of whatever, and he got arrested. Jesus. And the very next day, his stepson killed himself. Oh Jesus! So if those two aren't fucking connected, it's a crazy, crazy thing. That's man. fucked up, man. Uh huh. Well, you know, um. So this fucking piece of shit can rot in jail. I'd say rot in hell, but that doesn't exist. I figured there's a battle between good and evil in every institution on earth. <laughs> Did uh, the religion stick with you? Some of it. Yeah? Like I just said, I think there's a battle between good and evil. It doesn't surprise me there's evil people in the church. It also wouldn't surprise me there's righteous people. It doesn't surprise me there's evil people in government. Same thing with good people. Yeah, but is that a religious thing, good and evil? No, it's human. Yeah. And I think that's like... The book itself is like a recipe for having a good life, and it's been passed down. It's the oldest book of all time. Um, no, are we talking about the First Testament? There, that's Alex's Bible. I'm not sure. Uh, but there's lessons in the there Quran. <laughs> <laughs> there's the lessons in the Old Testament too. There's like this whole freaking uh, uh, part of it where it's just like this guy kills this guy, this guy kills this guy, and it's just like if you read it all, you're just like, well, that was boring. But then it's also like, holy shit. 10,000 people killed each other just for revenge. And it's like, you get to walk away from that story and make your own, make up your own mind. Is like, do you want to be Chad who killed Eric? Or do you want to maybe just like forgive? Um, <laughs> you know, and it's like every story in there has a message. You If, you, if you're not just taking it fundamentally, you could walk away with Will it. Will you be passing those messages along to your child? Probably not. Uh, I'll probably just try and communicate to my son and um i think that the universe and god are synonyms 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 um (laughs) i think that life is a byproduct of consciousness and we are the universe realizing itself and then i did you eat acid before you came here (laughs) i am acid (laughs) i told you that what did you just activate what chemicals did you just (laughs) activate in your brain (laughs) i think that um um, there's a lot of wisdom in old literature, myths, uh, culture, traditions, and um, they should be respected and also taken with a grain of salt, like anything. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of religious, I don't think so. Spiritual, I definitely think there's a higher power, um, and I uh, and I do pray. 
but uh, you know, it's just on the week. <laughs> <laughs> There it is. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I think uh, there's certain parts of the, the religiousness that uh, have stuck with me that are going to echo until the day I die. But uh, what are you what are you going to do? Yeah. Child propaganda brainwashing. Yeah, I don't have because I like I went through it all and I don't there's like it's not even an inkling of like I, I don't believe in anything. Mm. Like it's just like you no, know, we're we're just lucky enough to be close enough to the sun, and not too far away that we're gonna freeze. You know, not too close we're gonna burn. And billions and billions of years later, we grew out of whatever the fuck we grew out of. I mean, that's sort of superfluous. To yeah. it's, it doesn't matter if the Earth is flat or round. What are you gonna do with your time here? Exactly. I mean, I also think that eternity is my lifespan. You know, like, I, when I was born, was a big bang. When I die, it's the big squash. It doesn't matter. It <laughs> doesn't matter what, what happens after what came before. It's, yeah, uh, it's and you, you've got your time. And the Hindus or some shit like that think that all relig- religions are rivers floating to the same ocean. And I feel like that's a, you know, a humble way of looking at it, the hubris in which uh, atheists or scientists will talk about the metaphysical side of the universe is uh, annoying at best. And presumptuous. See, I don't talk about any of it. I don't give a fuck. There's like, well, yeah, I just think it's like you don't know, you can't know it all. You could just catch a glimpse. So, the wisdom that others would, sh- you know, why not stand on the shoulders of of forty thousand generations of people writing in a book or in any book? And like, why if I'm not going to look at the Bible, why would I look at Shakespeare? And why would I look at freaking Thomas Hardy? Why would I read Bukowski? I might, I might just sit back, what relax, about, like and be old a, Scorsese movies. Exactly. You why watch would I? Those. Why would I watch those? Because <laughs> I don't want to listen to my elders. And why would I listen to grapes? You know, I'll just sit here and I know best. And blah blah. And blah. you people better wear a goddamn poppy. And you fucking people better wear a condom because we don't need any more of you. I don't know. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on? Um, the uh, the latest um, drama in the Toronto stand-up community. Speaking of our cancel cancel culture, what was Shanty? Yeah, I mean, testosterone's a hell of a drug. Took me thirty five years to get a handle on it. You're going to get a bit punchy when you start putting that shit in you, eh? Yeah, I mean, there's a reason, you know, those sheep smash heads against one another. We try to keep it male on male, though, would be my, uh, you know. I, mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know who said this, but, like, uh, they became a male and then immediately got canceled. So I think that's sort of It was sweet full justice. transition to white man. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that's uh, it's hilarious in a way. And I also think it's, um, you know, you're going to create safe spaces. It doesn't surprise me. It's run by a bunch of wolves in sheep's clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another reason why I started Danger Room was that um, you'll notice there's no crazy accusations about the guys at the corner other than, you know, maybe they like their drugs. Yeah. Um, and that's because we're a bunch of pirates who <laughs> tell you like it is. If you come here, I'm going to grab your ass. And if you don't want to, don't, don't come, come here. here. And Is so, there, I think there's a sign going in. Your ass might get grabbed. Well, now obviously we don't actually <laughs> act like that. You probably find we're we're pretty we're pretty good gentlemen. We just might want to fuck. I mean, yeah, that's and what you're there for, so, right? So like, you you talk about all these safe spaces. We don't have HR in comedy. We have a bunch of crazy people who are on the spectrum who are, you know, about to lose their job at any day because they want to go talk about their dick and <laughs> Vernon and took an extra day off for the books that Vernon gig. Kelly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, so why are you expecting us to be like this this thing? And you know what? It's I think somebody on the Shane Gillis controversy thing was saying this. The problem is we let all the theater queers into the game. You know, this wasn't for you. You want to go play dress up, go fucking rent out a theater and go put on a wig and fucking dance around pretending you're a dog. Whatever you want to do. 
This isn't for the drama nerds. This I have, is. I have a feeling I got to do a Ron McLean apology on the next podcast. Sure. <laughs> and, listen, I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about being gay. I'm talking about the weirdos. Yeah, I know, who I know, like I know. have their little cliques. Comics aren't clicky. We're like, for the most part, loners who like to deconstruct things and think about it. And the amount of sacrifice you have to give up to be a comedian, it's it, it's an insult when these little clicks come out and say, you got to play by our rules or else you can't play at this club mm-hmm. or whatever. It's like, dude, I have lost so much of a normal life to be able to be as funny as I am mm-hmm. and work on my craft. For you to come in here. Your art, you'd say. Go fuck. Hmm. <laughs> 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 Sure, but um, obviously it's an art form. I'm <laughs> being hyperbolic. It's its tool in the. No, I know, I know. This is why we brought you here. Anyway, um, I just think it's it's funny. Like you got these, uh, like there was that freaking child pornographer guy who was like the femme tar. Kai Fox. Yeah, they loved him. They loved him. I couldn't pick that guy out of the lineup. I have no idea who he is. He was a super beautiful, handsome ethnic. And uh, they propped him up as being the next big thing. And then next thing you know, he's a freaking child diddler. And uh, then... Somebody tried like to tell me, they're like, oh, it turns out he 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 was uh, he was sleeping with a 17-year-old and sharing pictures of her. And that's why he got arrested. It's like, no, you don't get arrested for child porn for that, okay? You've got hard drives full of things. Even still, you're... And it's you're, a sting operation. You're going to go play the game of being this uh, social justice guy and you're going to share pictures of your girlfriend who's underage. You're a fucking sick But fuck. that wasn't it. He had hard okay, drives. No, no, I get it. But like, even still, if that's your justification of yeah. it, you're a fucking sycophant retard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the fuck is wrong with you? You know, you don't share pictures of your girlfriend. Maybe, like, you're like, oh, look at this fucking, like, cleavage shot my wife just sent me. Maybe. Even I would then. like to see a picture of uh, your wife uh, breastfeeding your child. Right I would now. like right now to see a picture of your asshole. <laughs> Jeff, show like, me your. You want the live trade. shot? That's you want the trade. live shot? <laughs> a lot of people want to. A lot of people want to. Just look at her Instagram. My wife's a figure model. You know. Anyway, um, it doesn't surprise me these people who stand on these platitudes and tell each other and how to be. Um, are projecting their own bullshit. It's like what Cosby used to do. Mm-hmm. It's. It's never Jim Norton telling people how to live their life. It's you know yeah. I don't I don't care what you do with your life. Don't hurt. Well, people. that's all thing. Like just go on stage, make me laugh, talk about whatever you want. The second you tell me how I can use my brain, you're burning books. You're you're literally burning ideas. My thing is, if I'm the universe realizing itself. Then if you did, if you're telling me I can't say things, you're telling me I can't think things. Mm-hmm. If you're telling me I can't think things, I can't do my job as an artist, which is to scientifically categorize the human existence. And and then when people tell us not to do that, you're not doing your job. You're not a spirit. You're not you're not a star child anymore. You're a freaking fading little ember about to die and disappear into the ether and you're scum. And you know what? Go fuck yourself. Because <laughs> you probably only joy in life is diddling little kids or beating up chicks. <laughs> and the proof is in the pudding. Oh, shit. So I, I don't know. That's my opinion. I like it. I like it. I, um, I, I, I agree. I don't think, like, the whole idea of safe spaces is fucked. Like, I get if you want to cater to an audience and say, hey, this isn't going to be said here. Well, um, you better show me the money because I'll go do is, your corporate gig. Yeah, but the whole thing, like, um, say, f- take uh, Crimson Wave. They have a room where they say there's no rape jokes, and that's fine for that room. But don't tell me I can't say a rape joke on my show. Well, that's what they did to me. Yeah, that was well, when I actually started that's what, the like, I, I get what you say, like... No, this okay, is what they did to me is I went on stage. On, yeah, just, you're not allowed to say these things on our show. And I get that, and I sure, respect that, I would and respect that's that. fine I with wanted me. to respect But that. when you start telling me what I should be saying on my show, that's I don't like that. Well, I used to do a bit about the time I got raped. And the bit was uh, the worst part about getting raped by a woman as a man is finding out that you're gay. <laughs> that completely uh, demonstrated my experience as a man getting raped by a woman is because whenever I tell my friends about it, they'll be like, you're gay? And I'm like, no, I'm not gay. It's just this chick came over and sucked my dick while I was passed out drunk. And so I was trying to just 
get over the fact that uh, you know this chick raped me, and then also trying to be a comedian and make it funny because it's my fucking job. Mm-hmm. Then I went to the Crimson Wave because at that time I sort of thought we were friends, even though we had uh, you know differing ideologies. Um, and then I show up and they're like, well, you can't put your name in the bucket because you do rape jokes. And I was like, I'm not going to do rape jokes on your show. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go do my static cling bit, you yeah. fucking It's psycho. a clean show. I'm a professional. I'm going to give the audience what the time. It's like I've been doing this 11 years. Mm-hmm. You don't think I can play ball? I, I, I've been signed since I was 19, getting paid to go do gigs. Now, yeah, I'll make a mistake every once in a while, but I'm not gonna, I'm not literally trying to ruin somebody's night. Mm-hmm. And that was when I realized that a lot of these people are just trying to... They're fighting for the equality to oppress. They're not fighting for equality, because if you were fighting for equality, you'd realize uh, you're equal. You're a human being. We all are given certain cards that make us better and certain cards that make us worse. And you have to play the hand, and every hand can either be bluffed or, like, it's just the way you operate. To think that people are unequal, in my mind, is just racist ableism. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's like to say that, um, well, you can't call that person black, is to say that being black is bad. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. like, like, me saying, like, well, Jeff, you're a fat fuck. <laughs> I see you. Mm-hmm. I see your existence. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm like, you see, I'm fat. I get it. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't think it's bad to be fat. <laughs> you're doing a great job of it. I'm just letting you know you're fat. You got a beautiful <laughs> wife. She obviously loves fatties and you're doing a great job. Yeah. It looks fun. You look like you're having a great time. But for me to say that's a pejorative is for me to say, well, that you're less than. And, um, my brother's in a wheelchair and he would always ask me to write cripple jokes. And that's his word, not mine. And I would be like, well, I can't make fun of that. It hurts my feelings so much the day you broke your neck. And it really, I don't want to, I want to do a good job. I can't make fun of my mom's cancer. I can't make fun of your fucking uh, accident. I can't make fun of cripples. And then he would sit there in the shadows not being seen. And then now I've been invisibilized his life. And that's why he wanted me to make the jokes in the first place is because when I make the jokes, he's seen. And then the entire audience gets to share in his experience. And it happened to me, like, months later, I would I would do a show, and this cripple guy would make fun of me and start heckling and ruin my opener set. And then he starts going into me, and you can see the entire audience, who it was a private show in the backyard of this guy for a memorial for his father. And you can see the guy who booked me, just, like, his heart breaking, because this fucking cripple is ruining the show, and nobody can stand up to him because he has the fucking <laughs> cripple pass. And nobody's ever talked to this guy like a human being because he gets to walk around bullying everybody because he's the fucking asshole who jumped out of a plane, got too drunk to pull the, the fucking parachute, and broke his fucking neck, and now he has to shit his pants and his mom's hand every day for the rest of his life and then we have to fucking suffer because he's a fucking adrenaline junkie cunt so i say all this stuff to him and he just like shuts the fuck up immediately i'm like why don't you go shove a fucking catheter up your dick hole and stop ruining my fucking show you shit your pants motherfucker why don't you go smell like poo at a fucking tim hortons and then you see him just like and then he starts, like, shaking, and then he starts laughing so hard. <laughs> then you see the tears coming out of his face because he's just like, nobody's ever called me on my shit. I've had, ever since I broke my neck, I haven't been a human to these people. I'm just going to walk around being invisible. And everybody gets out of my way and doesn't treat me like a man doesn't treat me like an equal they treat me like some fucking delicate little flower dude i jumped out of a plane and broke my neck on a fucking side of a ski slope i'm sure i can handle your fucking joke and and that's what these people want they want to make they want to make they want to make people's life invisible and they want to burn your books they want to make sure that you fucking nazis eh well that's never changes that's what they don't realize that's what's so fucked up about it is that they're they claim to be anti-fascist. They claim to be anti-offense uh, 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 or something like that. Meanwhile, they're authoritative cunts. They're authoritarian cunts. It's like, dude, we live in the best part of the world because... You know what was offensive like 50 years ago was to say that black people deserve rights and shouldn't be slaves. It's offensive to say that uh, you know natives are human beings. So anybody who says to me that 
you're being offensive. I'm just like, shut the fuck up, man. Go eat an avocado. It's not my <laughs> responsibility to make sure you got the right dietary intake so you don't crumble every time somebody says something that chips away at your worldview. You fucking powdered bum cunt. And this is why we brought you on. This is why you files. brought me on. I don't know. I, I, Dan, we got to wrap this up, but I have enjoyed this talk. You, can I uh, say cunt a couple more times? You can say cunt as much as you want. Are you going to air this? Um, oh, don't don't worry. No one listens. No one listens. Perfect. Tim Golden. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Let let us know what you got coming up. That's not your show that just passed this past Friday. Good show though. I well, saw you missed it. out I on a great row. show. Um, come to the Dan Guyry show every Sunday at nine and eleven at the Corner Comedy Club, one sixty three John Street. And um, I don't know, man. I just have a good life, man. Stop taking it so seriously. It's fun. Fuck yeah, get out there, have fun, guys. Give Gary a watch, man. He's a he's a fucking he's a firecracker, and it's fun to watch him go off. And uh, if you're looking for me, you can catch me four more times at the Dopin' Mike Comedy. <laughs> Throw me four, four more, more shows. Dopin' wow. Mics. December 11th, we're calling her quits, boys. It's been a good five year run, so oh, uh, come man. down, check that out. And uh, the lineups are going to be stacked from here on out just Dude, to I say gotta, goodbye. I got to come check out that show. A oh, you, you, you can't get on this lineup. Safe space now. (laughs) Uh, Guys, thank you to my guest Dan Guyry. Thank you to uh, the good folks here at Never Sleeps Network. Uh, Guys, this Potato Files. Catch us next time. Bye bye. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. Hello to the five people still listening and mom. Thank you for listening to the Potato Files here on Never Sleeps Network. Now that you're done this, go check out another NSN podcast created right here in Toronto. Comedy and wrestling fans, check out Casey Corbin's wrestling podcast, Talkin' Wrestling, here on NeverSleepsNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.